Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. You should know where you are, and I hope you know who this is. This is Tyler Sheff, and I am the host of the co-host, can't talk today, of the Cashflow Guys Podcast. And guess who I've got with me? Mike, you're not flying the friendly, friendly skies this week. What Believe are you doing, man? I just landed. You, you literally caught me, caught me when I just walked in the hotel room and uh, changed my shirt. Right? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't see any fancy shoulder boards on you. I try not to wear those in the podcast, Tyler. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Where are you right now? Baltimore. Baltimore, Maryland. Well, is it bullet- are you in a bulletproof uh, oh, hotel room? Oh, I knew you were going to say so. <laughs> <laughs> That's a sketchy little town. Last time I was there, it's kind of scary. It is, but believe it or not, there's a little point called Fells Point, which is kind of like an inner harbor. Right. Or the main hotel is. That place is nice. That's the old town. There's like cobblestone streets. Yeah. You could see the old wharfs when Baltimore was, you know, a shipping town. Did you see the three story bookstore right there? Three story bookstore? Yeah. Nope. There's a Barnes and Noble right there. It's pretty awesome down that little harbor. We went in there with uh, Noah Ship Okeanos Explorer. Oh, for a that's dog, right. Dog and Pony Show. That's where I had members of Congress on the ship. That was interesting. But that's a story for another day. Today we're going to talk about something new to new to me. I mean, I knew it was out there, Mike. You knew it was out there, but we really never dove in. And when it comes to details and and the math and the tax part of things, that's where I really rely, guys, on Mike to bring his expertise to the mix. He's an engineer. He loves the details. I like to go out and make mud puddles. Mike Mike, Mike likes to make spreadsheets. And uh, we had talked. About a year ago and said, you know, when we get into these assisted living facilities, one of the things we're going to have to look into is cost segregation. Uh, we learned, we both had read books on the topic and we're like, yeah, you know, we'd like to be able to give tax advantages to our investors. And of course, to us too, because we both have incomes that could need all the tax write-offs we can possibly get. So we were looking for ways to both offset our tax obligation and to offset the tax obligation of our investors in the re- in our real estate fund. So today I'm pleased to announce that we've never done a podcast on this episode, which after 400 and some odd episodes, I'm, I'm kind of shocked we haven't done that yet, but About time. No, no better time than the present. So I want to introduce a gentleman. He's the, uh, his name is Terry Judge, and he's with Core Specialty Tax and Engineering. And what they do, we're going to learn real, we're going to get a good understanding of what they do, but we've uh, connected with them to help us begin a cost segregation study on one of our assets that we have here in our real estate fund that's going to become an ALF. So with that, Terry, welcome to the show. Hey, great to be here, guys. Really appreciate it. Looking forward to the uh, dialogue. I want to kind of jump in as a layperson real quick, right right out of the gate before Mike gets into the the technical details. I didn't realize that there was a, a distinct or a correlation between taxation and engineering. I, I thought you maybe put a, you know an accountant and an engineer into a cage for a death match, but for tax savings, how did that happen? What what is that about? Well, I mean, just the whole name of just the whole name of cost segregation's got a kind of a crazy connotation, you know, in it in itself. But um, it it is it, you know it, it is a uh, gosh. It, there's there's three buckets. There's three components, and it's why CPAs don't do this in house. I mean, there's obviously the tax and depreciation, which CPAs know intimately. But then you get into the the legalities. There's been over 300 court cases and memoranda, IRS memorandums. It's constantly changing. And then the big piece, what you just mentioned, Tyler, is the um, the engineering component. So you know, my team comes with all three because you can't be in this business unless you have all three. And, um, you know, we, cause we physically visit these buildings. We know 
construction. We know how these buildings are put together. So according to the IRS, in order to do a cost segregation study, it's not just tax. I mean, it, it, there's there's also this component that there's all these uh, what we call permanency rules or certain things around cost segregation. And it's based on how the building is built. It's how the building is, is, is um, put together and what year, what, 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 are, what were the standards back then? And how do we mirror and match up to where the code is today? And that takes a very forensic analysis from, again, all three. You, got, you have to understand the tax law, which we kind of here at my company, we nerd out on. Um, and then I have some of the best engineers that, you know, come from, and these guys are just, they're hype, you know, they're very hard to find. I mean, they have a weird brain. Like when you talk to them, they're just kind of like these, these, <laughs> these, these people that just, it's amazing background that because they used, they've come from some of the, they come from big four accounting firms, but they were, right. they're not accountants. They really came in from the construction side, the valuation side, they understand blueprints, you know, and all that stuff. So it all kinds of comes together in a deliverable at the end of the day, if you do it right, can save hundreds of thousands of dollars, in some cases, millions of dollars over, it could be on one property, you know, it all depends on the purchase price. And then over the course of time, we teach, I love teaching the subject on how to grow your wealth um, in a tax-free environment. Now you've got my attention. <laughs> Thoughts yeah. on that, Mike? Yeah, Terry. This is the first time we've had a cross segregation subject when uh, 400 episodes, like Tyler mentioned. Because, and by the way, it's about it's time you guys had me on here. I mean, I just want to throw I it know. <laughs> Come on. Everybody views you guys as like black magic magicians. You know, nobody really That's understands. Right. Like, I, everybody understands uh, 27 and a half years is the usual depreciation amount right. for a building on your taxes. And then cross segregation, you kind of squish it up forward. And can, can you describe what exactly? you're doing what you're adjusting uh, so, and how does it so benefit? think of this as you know and i love this phrase it's time value of money a dollar mm-hmm. today is worth more than a dollar down the road especially in the environment that we're in so instead of writing a you know letting the irs hold your money for for 27 and a half years <laughs> um on multifamily and residential investment mm-hmm. properties and then 39 years on commercial why would the heck would you let the irs hold on to that money when you can get it in today's dollars, and essentially we're just we are so so Mike, you're you're, you're spot on. We're, we're compressing, we're accelerating, we're 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 front loading, whatever you want to call it. All that depreciation that you would have to wait twenty seven and a half years to get, where we can get it to you in, in in the majority of it in you know one to three years in today's world because of cost segregation. And a lot of people don't know that this has been in the tax code since the late sixties. Wow. Um, it, it went away in the tax reform of 86, and then it came back in, in the early 90s under two major court cases um, that the IRS or uh, the tax, yeah, the IRS lost in U.S. tax court. And that was with Walgreens, and the other one was with um, Hospital Corporation of America. They sued the IRS and said, wait a minute, we can write these, these certain components that, that, you know, have a shelf life of maybe less than 27 and a half years. Mm. My carpet is going to wear out. Certain things are going to wear out in my building way b- before the normal uh, depreciation schedule of 27 and a half years. That just makes sense. Sure. So the so basically cost segregation came back in the early 90s. And, you know, is, is I'll just say this because I've been in this business now for almost 18 years. 
the IRS has a horrible job at communicating these tax benefits and these tax programs with the general public. So basically, only the Fortune 500 companies, the big, powerful you know, law firms were working with their clients at a very high level around this very topic. It was never offered to the mainstream mom and pop, mom, you know, mid-sized, small-sized entrepreneurs like us until about the early 2000s. I started my company in 2006 and nobody knew about this stuff. I and mean, people were like, you got to get out, get away from me. This is this is going to get me audited. This is too aggressive. This is this is this is a scam. Like this is too good to be true. All this stuff. And so even to this day, I really just spend most of my time educating real estate investors, syndicators, and accounting firms uh, and big real estate firms all across the country and how to do this, right? So everyone's heard of cost seg by now. I mean, you'd be living right. under a rock if you are in the real estate world in some form. Um, but a lot of people, like you guys said in, in the start of the show, like, how does it all work? Like, how does it all come together? And why is it legal? Well, number one, it's been in the tax code, you know, since the late 60s. And then it's gone through all of these different variations. It has survived the, every every administration. Um, and because there's a lot of wealthy Democrats and there's a lot of wealthy Republicans that, and I don't, don't talk politics, but on these types of shows, but they love this stuff. And nobody wants to see this go away in terms of shutting down this particular strategy or loophole or, or you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, so, so. You want me, I can pause right there, too, because that was a mouthful. If you want me to, I want to get into some other kind of the, the different buckets and, and, and what we look for as a firm to really dive in and, and make the magic happen on the back end. But um, I'll just pause here for a second. And see if you guys. Yeah. One question I have early on, because I know the listeners are at home thinking this like, OK, but guys, Terry, I don't have 600 doors. I've got a duplex mm-hmm. is my unit too small is you know do, is this a single family house type of thing or a duplex yeah so when we first started great question by the way so when we first started the business um we were always looking for about a million in basis and up so you know we're looking for a purchase price um now we do back out some land i can talk about that but when we do sure. our analysis what we look for but you know we're looking for about a million dollars and up that was back then so the laws have changed so much with bonus depreciation and all of this other kind of a kind of this benefit where now you know three hundred and fifty thousand dollars will qualify you know because wow. that's about a ninety thousand dollar write-off on a three hundred and fifty thousand dollar home or or we're doing we're doing a lot of short-term rental investment properties i mean you know mainly our clients are commercial bigger multifamily operators right. but we had to set up because of when the Airbnb world exploded, people are buying these homes for 500, you know, up to a million, two million, three million dollars, you know, on the beachfront or um, in Oceanside. Right. We're going in there, we're carving out, we're doing cost segregation for these types of companies or businesses or buildings, I should say, uh, as well. So, um, you know, 350,000 and up is really the sweet spot now. That's the average selling price of a home in Pinellas County, Florida. <laughs> yeah, that's really changed things. Uh, real quick, uh, Terry. So, how does it work? So, if somebody does cross seg on a, a multifamily house, a duplex, like Tyler was mentioned mentioning. If I don't have enough tax liability to absorb all that depreciation the first year, what happens to it? So, you're going to be able to enjoy a, uh, a carry forward. So, anything that you can't mm. use, you're going to have a 20 year carry forward until it's used up. Wow. 20 years. 20 years. Wow. That's impressive. 
And we can go back and listen to this guy. So just so you know, so we can go back 10 years. So this is funny. Huh? <laughs> so the IRS allows us to go legally in the, in the actual tax code. Uh, we can go back to 1987. It's never been changed. It probably should be changed because most buildings would be completely exhausted by, by then in terms of their 27 and a half year normal depreciation schedule. But we can go, we like to go back about 10 years. So we do what's called look back studies. And people say all the time, well, hey, Terry, you know, we, we've owned this property forever. You know, can we go back and, and we'll look at it. We'll run the numbers. And, and we can do this on any property in any state, any city around the country. We'll run the net, we'll run a free analysis. And we'll go back to the date that that building was put into service, plus any renovations over the years. And we'll be able to pick up any missed depreciation or lost depreciation and carry it forward into the current tax year, okay, without amending a tax return. So the IRS will allow a one-time automatic consent through what we call a 481 adjustment, which is basically a a fancy term for a change in accounting. The IRS will allow a 481 adjustment to take place. It goes on a specific form. There's certain calculations that we have to do here at the company. We out, we handle that internally as a firm. We don't outsource that to their, to their, because their CPA and no offense to any CPAs listening. Most CPAs have never completed a four or, or what's called a, a 41 adjustment. And then the form is called 3115. They just say, you know, uh, you guys, you know, like, I, I don't even understand what that, you know, I haven't heard of that. I've never had that. Right. A lot of CPAs are not doing cost seg internally, right? They would outsource it to a company like mine. And for the reasons that I shared in the beginning of the show, they're not engineers and they're not right. attorneys. And so we partner with CPAs all the time to bring this value to their clientele because it's going to get missed. And it's always an afterthought when, you know, after someone buys the property and renovates the property. Well, what I try to educate folks on and my clients and, and CPA partners and you guys, like, you know, the, the best time to do a cost sex study would be in the beginning once the purchase has been made, mm. you know, and you want to build that into the plan prior to even purchasing because you want to know how much tax savings can be deferred and mitigated and you can build that into your, you know, your numbers, your cash on cash and your returns for the investors because depreciation is a real thing. You're literally mitigating over 40% in what would be considered, you know, the profits. And now we can, we can take that down to a lot of times zero and create a carry forward as well. And there's, there's so many, um, uh, what's so cool about cost seg especially for real estate investors and real estate professionals that do this for a living. There's a lot of flexibility. We can get into passive and and, uh, uh, active income and how you can move the depreciation from one property to the next. And so it's not one for one anymore if you know what you're doing and you can do that. And that's why it's important to hire a, a real cost segregation company to come in as part of the financial team, just like your CPA, just like your banker, just like right. your attorney, you know, we come in and we can help kind of carve out and understand what you're doing. Number one, you know, number one, what, what is the cap? What does the capex look like? Are we putting energy efficiency into the building? Because there's other tax incentives that we do that, you know, we say, well, wait a minute, you're you're putting in all this energy efficiency. You know, there's other incentives that we could bundle right with our cost segregation study. So we really we'd like to be proactive right with our clients, right from the beginning. And we stay engaged all the way through to the end, right when you're getting the final change orders to, you know, your renovation costs. Because a lot of that renovation costs can be 50, 60 percent of that can be written off. Um, Otherwise, it would just go on the books under your long term, you know, 27 and a half year property. 
because nobody is dissecting that those assets in the right way. Right. So that's important. And we work directly with the CPA to make sure that everything gets implemented properly because there is a lot of, you know, you buy a $5 million property. There's a lot there. I mean, you have oh, land improvements, right? I mean, that's, so we, we, we go in as a, you know, again, forensic analysis. We, we, we inventory everything out right from all the site improvements, the, the curbs, the drainage, the roads, um, the, the underground electrical, swimming pools, landscaping, you know, just everything that, um, you might not consider being a part of our study. And, and again, we're writing all that stuff off. And because we're in this bonus depreciation climate, and I can touch on that a little bit or elaborate on that a little bit more on what that means uh, for the listeners. But, you know, for in, in some cases, you know, if we, if we find a million dollars in depreciation, right, or I mean, you're, you're getting 80% of that in, in terms of a write-off. Now, because we're breaking apart real property, you know, we want to, we, and, and, we're, and we're, and we're looking for personal property. So we, let's just say, I'll give you guys an example. We, we all, we, we all throw our money and we're going to go buy a million dollar, you know, property, a multifamily property or, or a senior living property or hotel, whatever, whatever that is. Um, you know, most of the, that purchase would be sitting in what we call real property under section 1250 in the tax code. Right. Where we come in as an, as an engineering firm, tax engineering firm, we're looking for personal property. And that is broken up. That is tagged in the code as Section 1245. So, so Section 1245 is personal property at a federal level. And once we can convert the real property components through our study, basically, into 12, uh, personal property, that's the legal mechanism or lever that allows legally for that property to be written off in the shorter life. We have see. to, but you have to have a an, an analysis done from a you know, from kind of, this is what the IRS is looking for when you when you go go forward and with a cost seg study. Who the heck is breaking apart the building? They better be qualified because you have to right. break apart all of these components that make up that purchase price. And every nickel that we look for, right down to the electrical jack, can be written off and accelerated and broken out, and that can go be used to offset your your you know your income tax for years for years to come. Over the year, I've gone through a series of of um, CPAs over the years that, you know, you, I started out with the cheapest one. I realized that wasn't probably a good idea and then went into the one that I liked, but, you know, really, he'd never asked any questions and I found that odd. And the more, the more I learned, I started to realize the type of personality and the type of CPA I'm looking for. But for a lot of Americans, especially investors that are just starting out, they've got their mom and pop. They may have a, a portfolio worth half million, whatever it may be. Their CPA is also kind of a mom and pop CPA. And I find that sometimes they're, when you hit them with something they've never heard of before or don't quite understand, they go to fear mode and they're like, well, we don't want to do that. They really can't explain why. Does your company offer a consultancy type relationship with the CPA? And in the event, two part question, in the event that the CPA is completely closed minded, and let's say if I wanted to change tax professionals, do you provide those services or can you refer out those services to somebody that wants to look for a CPA that's a little more skilled in this type of thing? Yeah, no, that's a huge point. I, um, I, I, I live that myself personally, had a CPA, you know, for a long, long time, but kind of realized as I started to invest in real estate, I was like, Oof, man, I got to find a new CPA. Yeah. And so I get asked at least two or three times a week 
um, by my by our clients. Hey, can can you refer or can you recommend somebody that's more of a real estate CPA that understands the components of what we're talking about here? You know, with our with our tax planning and, and kind of planning, helping us plan going forward. Because everybody on this call, you're, if you get into real estate, you don't just buy one building. You know, you're right. you're buying multiple buildings and you're growing your portfolio year over year over year. And there's a lot of strategy. So yeah, I, um, number one, great. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, and yes, I can help and advise on some good CPA partners that that we've been utilizing uh, that I'd be happy to you know happy to share with the listeners. Good news. So, We'll, we'll share my contact information. People can reach out to me Absolutely. Uh, and, and I'd be happy to advise on that. Sounds good. Great, Terry. I, I know I always had the question in regards to how does depreciation recapture what, what, like when we, if we sell the property in five and 10 years and we've already done all the depreciation from cost segregation, how does that work? Yeah. So there is an adjustment. The recapture is a real thing. Um, we like to tell our clients, you got to, you should hold the property at least three to five years. Um, therefore, that that personal property has a declining balance of value. So a lot of that, a lot of your interior of a property is has a five year life. That's that's mm-hmm. that's just that's fact. That's that's what the IRS has set up. So a lot of your interior, we're putting it in the five year you know life. And so though, therefore, when when you go to sell that property, that personal property, a lot of it's already been kind of written down. Um, and we like to try to put, push more into real estate. Now you're, there, there's going to be a recapture, but you get taxed at a 25% level versus the normal 30, you know, 37%. Let's just call it 37%. And so there's an arbitrage just on the. So you're still you're still ahead of the game, even if there's an adjustment on recapture. Now, obviously, you can 1031 out of a property, and you can defer any of that recapture tax. Um, oh. and, or you can just do a cost segregation study and you can offset the, any, any of that, the capital gains, um, as well on that. So we like to, you know, here at, at, at core, we, we, we will run recapture analysis for our clients and, and to just kind of walk you through. So if you say, Hey, Terry, I just, you know, we got a great deal on this property, you know, it's a million bucks. We think we're going to sell it in three years for 2 million bucks. Um, how does that affect us? And we can run the numbers. We'll show you, you you're still so far ahead of the game. The only time it doesn't matter or, or doesn't work, and I, I would I would not recommend somebody doing a cost segregation study if they're going to get in and out of the property within 12 months. Okay. Because they're, they're not getting that. And we like to say, if you're going to hold that property from three to five years, that's when you start getting into that time value of money sweet spot where it makes a ton of sense to still do this, this, the report. Okay. And then we help, we work with the CPA to kind of show them how to kind of, you can book these assets to zero off the books. So therefore you mitigate the recapture on the personal. So the recapture is really on the personal property. It, that That's the accelerated depreciation part that the IRS will want some of that back. But we have, we there's techniques and strategies that, you know, we can help mitigate that on the exit. So there's lots of opportunity to, as long as you plan correctly, getting out of that, um, you'll you'll be fine. I so, just to help the folks at home understand what recapture is, because a lot of folks yeah, don't re- know. So recapture is just the so the IRS says, all right, wait a minute, we're going to give you all of this depreciation up front, but then if you go to, and sell it, the IRS they just basically say, well, we're we're going to tag you on the exit, and we're going to tax you at um, 
the recapture rates on personal property. On the real estate stuff, it's you're getting taxed at. It's different from the real property. And I don't want to get too technical on the call. Sure. Uh, but there's there's two different kind of recapture tax on ones on real estate and ones on personal property. Fair enough. So the one that you got to look out for is, is more so is the one on the personal property. And there, that's why we say the longer you hold that property, um, the more you're going to enjoy that time value of money. Taking the dollar today versus waiting. That's that's what that whole thing Amen. is. Yeah. yeah. And to finish off, you know, you, you keep bringing up time value of money, which really resonates with me. I'm like, oh, gosh, that, that makes sense. That's why we want to depreciate now instead of over the 27 and a half years. Now that we're in this high inflationary environment, yeah, it, it seems like cross segregation saves even more money when you look at the time value over 27 and a half years with inflation going, you know, five or plus. Yeah. No, you're 100%. Yeah. I mean, I think when people, people that um, they hear that, maybe it's the first time they've heard that and they're like a light bulb, light bulb kind of clicks on. They're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Why would I let the IRS, you know, I need that money to build and grow my, my empire now. Mm. If I can mitigate all of this tax through my rental properties and I can offset all that, right. You're not really just getting rid of it. You're just deferring it. You're kicking it down the curb, down the can, down the road, kicking the can down the road. Excuse me, until you're ready to, you know, uh, exit, or you're going to inherit it, you know, or you're going to um, will it to the kids, or however. Then there's then there's a whole other estate tax. But you can literally defer all the way to you don't want to do this anymore, as long as you you know <laughs> you, you do it correctly. <laughs> so there's yeah. a- wow. And uh, just correct me if I'm wrong. So how I understand this from our last talk. In regards to a, a real estate fund, like Tyler and I have a real estate fund, yep. all the limited partners, the investors, own a piece of that real estate. So how I understand it is once the analysis is done, that depreciation can now be sent to all the investor CPAs for depreciation on their tax form. Is that correct? Yeah. So your limited partners are going to be, you know, they're going to be owners in the property right along with you. They're going to get a, you know, whatever they come come in with they're going to get a share or shares of of that property they're going to get their their percentage of that depreciation mm-hmm. normally around 100 if you, someone puts in $100,000 in you know in an investment they typically can get 60 70,000 in depreciation which is kind of crazy wow. you know yeah. in in year 1 and it shows up as a on their K1 shows up as a paper loss they're still getting the money on their distribution from you guys, but they don't pay tax on that because they're going to use the depreciation to offset the income. That's beautiful. Now, it's it's so beautiful. It's <laughs> so limited. And, and then, so now the limited partners, you know, that is a one for one, so meaning they, they put their money into that property. That property is going to produce cash. That property is also going to produce depreciation and they're going to be able to use that and then, and then they will have a carry forward, whatever excess depreciation, um, it'll just carry forward. For guys and gals that are, you know, considered real estate professionals, they do real estate for a full time. They now can put money in, um, and then therefore that that, that depreciation could be used against other income that that, and then they might have other properties. They can they can use it against other other active income, right? So when you're a real estate professional, meaning you do real estate pretty much full time, you can, you have a lot more flexibility on how the depreciation gets eaten up. 
So you you can use it against you know W two. You can use it against uh, you know a capital gains on a on, a, on an exit from a, another property. So it's really cool on how you can how you can maneuver that. Okay, um, and, and that's exciting. So you know there's there's a loophole around short term rentals for people that cannot qualify as a real estate professional, mm-hmm. and that's really the route I ended up going down because I because of my hours here at my company, I couldn't qualify as a real estate professional. And then, so I decided, I said, hmm, what else can I do to mitigate my, my, my income, my income tax? So there's something called material participation. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I, and I'm just segueing here. So just pause, hit, tell me to stop if I'm, if I'm going <laughs> too deep. In the lead. So if there's anybody listening, that's a you know high net worth or W2, or, you know, they're not a real estate professional, you can buy a short-term rental property and as long as you manage that 100 hours a year, you, you, that becomes an active real estate investment property for you. Wow. Therefore, now you can use that depreciation to offset your income. And I, so I just I purchased a $600,000 condo down in Naples, Florida, end of last year from a pure, I said, I got it. I need some tax. I need some tax planning. I need to like help. Right. Save. I, I'm going to be sending way too much to Uncle Stamp. And I was able to, out of that purchase, um, Cost seg, I was able to take 200 grand out of the property from depreciation and move that over to my active income. Oh, geez. Wow. I was able to, I know. So it was like I got into that property with a surplus. Yeah. I came out less, my, you know, I, I probably put, you know, whatever, 100, whatever my 25% down. And then um, because of the, the 200 grand, I was like, oh my God, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I have a surplus now. And then it, it cash flows. <laughs> it's like, this is awesome. So I got a cash flowing asset. I get to go use it down in Naples because I live in Detroit, Michigan. I hate the winters. I'm out of here. Um, outside of the three months that I rent it, those three months cover probably 85%, 90% of my complete nut. And um, But I was able to take this huge tax break, um, which just was a beautiful thing. So it's another lever around cost segregation. A lot of people never even, excuse me, never even heard of that you can do that. So I just wanted to kind of whet everyone's appetite that there's wow. not only can you do the big stuff, the syndications, and everybody can partake in it and get a huge tax benefit, even if you're just a limited partner, which I highly recommend people, if you want to start getting into real estate, join these guys, look at their deal. And, and if it makes sense for you, invest, you'll learn a ton. And then as you get going, you'll start learning this verbiage. And next thing you know, you're like, wow, maybe I can't take down an apartment building or, or, or a senior living facility, but I can go buy a short-term rental property mm. with my spouse and, and be able to leverage the tax code in my favor. So those are just, you know, I think that's massive that in just, you know, having that knowledge is, is very powerful. Let's say that's huge. Yeah. Mike, um, any, any parting thoughts? Yeah. Yeah, Terry, this, this was a great interview. I learned a lot here, so appreciate your help. And so, how can other people get your help? How can they contact you to talk more about their particular situation? Yeah, I mean, we can even put it in the in the chat if you guys want. Just so absolutely I, I, the best, the best you, people can find me uh, on social media, Terry Judge. But I, the, you know, just shoot me an email, Terry Judge, just my name, uh, Terry Judge at, and then it's coreadvisors.net. Terry Judge at at uh, uh, coreadvisors.net. Folks, I'll go ahead and put that down in the show notes for you guys. So if you could just click on it, send an email, because here's the thing, and this is my take, one of my takeaways from this episode when we wrap up here. 
I know a lot of folks that have been on the fence. I sell real estate in Key West, Florida, probably one of the, the third or fourth most expensive housing districts in the country. And there's a lot of people that have been on the fence, on the fence. And these are moneyed professionals. I got a guy right now. He's a, he's a, he's an attorney and he's getting nuked in taxes. Um, and he, and he, I was like, geez, you need to think about getting a tax strategy together, getting with a CPA that has a clue, reach out to, to somebody like you, Terry, have him yeah. connect you with a CPA that understands this, buy some of these rental properties, put these strategies in play and reduce your tax liability. Cause he's getting killed. And everybody I deal with down here, in Key West, especially high income profile, high income individuals, they're getting nuked to the W2 and they're just getting killed in taxes. So yeah, you know, that's a great point. It's a great point. So the, the, the lady, the, the real estate agent that ended up selling me my condo down in Naples, you know, I explained this to her and she was just dumbfounded. Like, just like, couldn't believe she's like, Oh yeah. She just, so then I I finally said, listen, next time I come down, let's just go grab a coffee because now she's using this as a tool for herself. Cause I actually sat down with her and I educated her and I got her some kind of information that she can share with her, her clients that are coming down. A lot of people are coming in from, you know, Michigan. A lot of people are buying from Pennsylvania. A lot of people are, 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 you know, the Midwest are buying places down in, in Florida, obviously everywhere. And, um, and she's showing that, you know, this basically wipes out any down payment. Plus you get a surplus, you know, um, and again, obviously there's more to this guys. I mean, I'm just throwing the the basics out, but uh, she, she's now using this as a tool to separate herself from other agents and, and people are like, they're loving it. Her clients are, and then obviously she just says, call Terry. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Call Terry. And that's it. Exactly. Exactly. So those of you listening, this is where, you know, it's the end of the episode. One of the things we talk about is taking action. And here's a situation where you can, you're out looking at deals. You're lot, you've been missing this boat. If you already have income property, then there's probably a chance that you might be overpaying on taxes because you're not implementing strategies like this. And you can sit there very easily, listen to this episode and say, well, this doesn't apply to me. But if you've paid any attention, I gave an example of a duplex and at the right price point, it does apply to you. And guys, in most markets across America, unless you're investing out in Junction City, Kansas, even a duplex is at least $350,000, $400,000 these days. That's just the reality of things. So stop paying the government more than they deserve. Start taking care of yourself. Get your financial house in order. And the way that begins is reaching out to somebody like Terry and making this happen right away. Terry, thank you very much for coming on the show. This I'm blown away. And I've already got a punch list since Mike wants to be the COO of this company. I got a punch list for Mike. I'm already right now suggestions <laughs> for our next meeting. It's like, and we need to check this and we need to check that. <laughs> that was great. Thank you very much. I love it, guys. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Great thanks, time. Terry. Yeah. And, All right, yeah. guys. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, so, and just to wrap it up, guys, as we always say, you know, all of this is great, but information not used is wasted. Get out there and take action. Begin immediately. Don't wait till tomorrow. Today is the day. 2023 can be an amazing year, but you got to let it be an amazing year. The year is not over. We're not done yet. Get out there and take some massive action. Guys, we'll catch up with you on the next one. This we'll concludes next today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to CashflowGuys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas. So you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.